Welcome back to Big Feels at Work, episode six, working in a pandemic. For this episode, we wanted to hear from you, our dear listeners, to see how you're dealing with the unique challenges of working right now. So in this episode, my guests are a handful of listeners, people who work in mental health and also have their own big feelings going on. It's kind of our thing. Spoiler alert, the work plus pandemic equation has some interesting added layers for those of us with big feelings. My biggest takeaway from all the things people sent in is, man, this work is deeply intertwined with who we are as people. That might seem kind of obvious, but I think it bears pointing out. When you work in this field for a while, you can forget or take for granted just how personal the work is. And how working in a field that feels so personal is both interesting and pretty hard. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. We'll start with SJ, a policy worker. The questions we asked SJ are the same things we asked everyone else. Two things. One, what's harder about work right now? And two, what are you finding helpful, if anything? Here's SJ. What has been hard is just waking up in the morning and then I felt I've just been blasting my brain with news. This has kind of been since the start of the year because there was all the bushfires and then there was coronavirus and by the time I actually get up, my brain isn't working anymore. Um, So I had to be really kind of quite, uh, what's the word? Hard on myself. I made a rule I wasn't allowed to look at the news until noon. And then I replaced that with other things, like like other websites that I was allowed to look at. So then I had to say, you're not allowed to look at whatever that thing you're replacing the news with (laughs) until noon. So that's definitely been the thing, just finding some space in the morning for my brain to, to, to not be blasted with information. Yeah. So this thing SJ's talking about, I call the news information spiral, which is you're feeling kind of uncertain about the state of the world, one disaster after another, and you think, if only I had more information, I'd feel better. And then you go to the news and you get more information about whatever scariest, latest development has happened, and you feel worse. There's a metaphor, Pema Chodron, as a Buddhist nun has, which is any unwanted habit, like looking at the news, is kind of like poison ivy. You know when you have poison ivy, you really want to scratch it, but if you scratch it, it gets worse. It's kind of the same thing. When you, when you go to the news looking for some kind of distraction or more information to calm you down, it only ever makes you more nervous, more anxious, more itchy. So I like SJ's strategy for trying not to scratch so much. She's not saying, I never get to look at the news. She's saying, I try and delay the point where I start looking at the news. So for her, it's midday. For you, it might be (laughs) 9.30, whatever's going to work. Our next listener, Leanne, is a psychologist who talked about the way this pandemic is pushing some of her own personal buttons around feeling like a fraud in her job. Hi there. My name's Leanne and I'm a psychologist. So what am I finding harder about my work at the moment? 
Firstly, I feel even more isolated from my colleagues because we are all working from home. Secondly, I keep thinking I don't know how to deal with this COVID situation because I haven't experienced anything like this before and I feel like a fraud even more so. And thirdly, I'm not being productive. I don't feel as though I'm getting as much done and in reality I'm not. Yet I've got a lot of things in place in my home office to be productive. I've got a great quiet space, I've got time for reflection, access to resources, yet I'm really scattered and I'm jumping between things and not finishing one thing before I move on to the next. So I think what Leanne's really pointing to there for me is how this situation can kind of turn the volume up on things that are already there when you work in this mental health field as someone with big feelings. So she talks about feeling more, even more isolated because we're already kind of isolated in our jobs given that even if there's a whole bunch of us out there with big feelings working in this field, we don't always know that. We don't always talk to one another about that messy stuff. In fact, often we keep it very much to ourselves. So this pandemic is kind of like a double whammy of isolation on top of existing isolation. And then the other thing that's kind of there already and gets the volume turned up is this feeling of being a fraud. How am I supposed to help other people through this if I can't help myself? So that applies at the best of times, right? And then, as Leanne says, in particular, with COVID, it's, well, I don't know how to deal with the situation, so how am I supposed to help you? I do want to add one idea into the mix here. So Leanne says, I've never dealt with something like COVID before, and that's undoubtedly true, right? None of us have. But one thing I will say is that in a funny way, if you're an anxious bean, there is one way that you are oddly prepared for what's happening right now, and that is you're used to uncertainty. If you never know what your own brain is going to throw at you from day to day, you do learn to sit with uncertainty. Now, it's a hard lesson. It's a lesson most of us have to learn a few times, how to sit with uncertainty, but we do eventually slowly learn it, which is a real benefit right now. I'm not saying we're prepared for this crisis because we have our shit together. I'm saying we're prepared for this crisis because we're used to not having our shit together, if that makes sense. Leanne then answered the second question, which is, what's something that's helping right now? I try and do one thing routinely each day. For me, it's exercising somehow in the morning. Sometimes I find it really hard to motivate myself, but if I get it done, no matter how the day unfolds, I've done one thing for my own well-being. And the second thing that's helpful is these episodes. I'm feeling a bit lost for a number of reasons at the moment, and I'm searching for that tribe or that one person that is on a similar page to me, which you talked about in episode four. And this podcast has helped me realise that there are maybe others out there similar to me. And just that thought is reassuring. Leanne mentions finding your tribe. That's the big theme of this whole thing. This project, Big Feels at Work, but also the Big Feels Club in general. 
Sometimes the answer is finding other people asking the same big questions. I suspect even just hearing from Leanne saying she's not feeling very productive right now may well be useful for a lot of people. And we will talk more about the dreaded P-word, productivity, after we hear from our next listener. Rebecca is a support worker who told us she's been worrying about her client's well-being right now, especially those dealing with physical health stuff. But it's not just worry for Rebecca. There's also a whole lot of guilt. You know, one of the things that can affect my well-being at least is just feeling guilty about self-caring enough next to other people who kind of maybe, I don't know, have a lot more issues than I have, maybe. Guilt is such a big one for sensitive types. And I think there's a couple of layers of guilt here. On the one hand, there's this kind of survivor's guilt that I think Rebecca's referring to. This idea that even if you have a lot of your own shit going on, there's always someone who has it worse, and often we're working with them. That phrase, there's always someone who has it worse, is meant to cheer you up and give you perspective, but I think when you're feeling shit anyway, it often just makes you feel guilty. And still shit. Then there's the second layer of guilt that I'm not sure if Rebecca's feeling, but that we heard some hints of in Leanne's answer about not feeling productive enough. And that's just the good old capitalist guilt that says, if you're not getting up and dragging yourself to an office every day, you're not being productive enough. And not being productive enough is a mortal sin in our society. So I've heard from a few of you saying, you're not sure how to switch off right now. You're not sure how to give your brain the message, we're done for today. Because there's no clear physical break between work and home. And also just because... It's harder to be quote-unquote productive for a lot of us right now because, you know, there's a pandemic on. Rebecca then answered the question, what are the things she's finding useful? And the answer was, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, developed a whole litany of strategies, which I'm really excited about, actually. There's so many ideas out there that friends or others have given me, so I feel really lucky in that sense. Some of the specific things Rebecca mentioned were leaving the house 30 minutes before work to go for a walk, sort of like a simulated commute minus the traffic, plus some things like online yoga, shout out to Yoga with Adrian, anyone who's gone down that lovely YouTube rabbit hole. I told Rebecca I loved hearing how enthusiastic she sounds about these strategies, because for me, I've been feeling a bit less enthusiastic about the things I know I should be doing. One thing I can relate to, though, is the walk in the morning. I've been doing that, and I've found that a really nice way to start my day. Also, this thing of getting your ideas from friends, these ideas of of ways to look after yourself, I like that, especially because there's a lot of advice out there right now about things you should be doing. And I think those advice articles can be useful, but to me, they often miss one key part of the equation, which is... The possibility that you know you're supposed to be doing it, but you can't bring yourself to do it, and you don't know why. So anyway, I like Rebecca's thing of scavenging ideas from friends, which are probably more like, hey, here's a thing I tried and it's helping, which to me is quite different to those advice articles saying, you really should be doing this more. I will say, the daily walks I've been doing, 
I think the only reason I managed to keep it up is my girlfriend was doing it and she dragged me along. So sometimes we need things that are just out of our control to help get us into a, a new habit. Okay, so our last listener, Amy. We asked Amy what's hard right now, and her answer is something I think a few of us can relate to. Amy is a peer facilitator of peer education courses, and the one she's been running at the moment is ironically about building community connections. She talks here about some of the challenges of running such a course in a time of isolation. She starts out talking about the practical difficulties of shifting her work to online, but then digs down deeper into some of the gooier feelings territory underneath all that practical stuff. So not only have I been learning how to run a course online, but we've had to update the content so that it made sense online. But it's also just kind of hard to tell how people are reacting to what I'm saying and there's not as much participation and obviously people don't feel as connected to each other as they would if they were in a classroom. So, I don't know, it's hard to feel like I'm able to make a difference in the way that I originally wanted to be able to when I started doing this. And I guess the biggest thing, though, is that I'm not doing very well. And that just makes everything harder. And it makes it hard. It sort of feels like I'm not the right person to be trying to help other people when I know that I'm not really doing that well myself. On the flip side, it can be helpful sometimes to have to pretend to have my shit together for a few hours. And it kind of makes me get my shit together for those few hours. But, um pretty stressed and tired and it's difficult to get out of bed sometimes yes I've been emailing with Amy about all this and just really saying god I feel so much of what's in that message um even just that that feeling of just being over it the second question Amy answered is that question of you know what's helping right now if anything and her answer to that is again something I think most of us can relate to at those times when just nothing's helping so question two what are you finding helpful to look after yourself right now not a lot I think I know some things that would be helpful but I just can't be bothered I've started trying to go and go running with um, with a few people. My running group has sort of started up again with limited numbers and distancing and all that. So I've been trying to go along to that and that always helps. I guess I've been trying to do more like reading and I've started knitting some mittens 
and I have done a bit of art as well, but I just, I don't always even have the motivation to start doing that stuff. I think also realising when I need to just stop trying to get things done and just accept that I'm not doing well and that I need a break. Yep, yep, yep. Again, sometimes it's like we have two full-time jobs at once. You have your actual job and you have your feelings. The hours are terrible on that second job and you don't get paid. We talked about this a bit in the last episode of Big Feels at Work. How do I keep my job while I'm losing my shit? So check out episode five for that deep dive if you like. But a few things Amy's words sparked for me. Again, partly it's that dreaded P word, productivity. Feeling like you're not getting enough done when you're having a really hard time. I think sometimes we take that same approach, that productivity approach, to the task of looking after ourselves. You can hear that tiredness in Amy's voice. We were emailing about it and she called it a kind of existential tiredness. At the prospect of another fucking self-care idea, you know? And I think a lot of us can relate to that. When the help isn't really helping, or when you know it would help if you could just do it every day, but right now you just can't. I think we can bring that same work mindset of I must be productive to the task of looking after ourselves. Sometimes that list of self-care tasks becomes just another to-do list that you're failing to tick off. And that makes you feel even worse. So two things I hear in what Amy says at the end there. One, just how goddamn resourceful we have to be sometimes to try every single thing we can think of, knowing it probably won't help. There's a courage there, even in just trying it once and deciding it didn't work. Two, the idea Amy says at the end of giving herself a break, trying less hard to feel better, I think is really key. If your feelings are a full-time second job, can you be that great manager that you wish you had who says, hey, you know, you've been working really hard lately. How about take this morning off? You don't want to go for that walk or that run or whatever other self-care task you've got staring at you from your list, making you feel guilty? Maybe that's okay. That's where I was a few weeks ago, not wanting to do anything. For me, a big thing for looking after myself is staying in contact with my friends, going to things I never feel like going to but feel better after, or these days, Zoom calls and phone calls. But I had about a month there where I just didn't want to do any of it. Not even a phone call. And usually I'd push through that and really make myself do the uncomfortable thing because I know it'll make me feel better in the long run. But there was just something this time. Maybe the fact that there's a pandemic on. But I just felt even more tired than usual. And I said to myself, I don't have to keep pushing. Just for now. It felt kind of forbidden. Like I was watching my carefully crafted self-care strategies crumble before my eyes. But it also felt like a big relief. And eventually, after about a month, I'm back in the groove now with a lot of the stuff that I would normally do to look after myself. So, it's a weird time. We get to take a break sometimes, even from looking after ourselves. And sometimes, weirdly, that is the best way to look after yourself. Okay, 
that's it for this episode of Big Feels at Work. Thank you so much for those of you who sent in audio clips. It's been a real pleasure listening to them and, you know, sharing my thoughts. Uh, so we will do another episode like this again. The next topic I'm interested in crowdsourcing is the topic we did our last episode on and that came up again here, which is how do you keep your job when you're losing your shit? Again, you can listen to episode five to hear more of that, but I would love to know what you do. How do you keep going at work when your personal life is really full on? So if you want to share your thoughts on that, you can record a little answer to that question on your phone using your voice memo app, and then you can send it in to hello at bigfields.club. So again, the question is, how do you keep your job when you're losing your shit? You don't have to have an answer to that. You might just have some thoughts and your own interesting question to fire back at us. So we'd love to hear it. Uh, so send that in, and if we get enough, we'll do another episode on that sometime soon. In the meantime, you'll hear from my regular co-host, Gareth Edwards, soon on our next set of episodes. Uh, and we may also be looking at a few other special guests. Stay tuned. All right. Thanks for listening.